Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. This week on The Rap Report... We are going to have some interviews that we took back at G3. So you're going to hear two great interviews that you want to listen to today. Gritty Adams is a brother who is going to encourage your heart. He has a heart for the gospel, for evangelism. You, I'm just going to say, try not to cry. That's all. Uh, he's going to, he really is a passionate brother, and I think you're really going to be encouraged by his testimony. Then we have a brother from the down under, from the Australia area, and he is with Grace to You. Uh, my friend Cameron Butel was at a ministry booth, so I grabbed him, and we talked about how he got here to America and a little bit of insight into. Grace to you and John MacArthur and the ministry there. So you're going to want to check that out. So that's what you have coming your way today on The Rap Report. Welcome to Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report, where we provide biblical interpretations and applications. This is a ministry of striving for eternity and the Christian podcast community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. All right, well, we are here at G3, and uh, we are using someone else's roadcaster, so I'm hearing a little bit of a different sound. I don't know how it's going to come out. I hope it comes out well. But uh, we are here at G3 at the Striving for Eternity and Justin Peters booth. We've got a booth together. And I am gre- joined by Grady Adams, who is someone who really is a great encouragement to me. I, I set this up before you guys hear. You, you'll probably figure this out on your own. But some of you know I have a lot of energy. And I think I found someone that has as much, if not more, than I. And so, Grady, welcome to the Rap Report. Thank you, Andrew. This is an honor and a privilege, and my energy is only when I talk about the Lord. Yeah, this is where you're supposed to go, Hi, Andrew. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, you came by the booth. It was the first time you and I got to meet face-to-face. Yes. And uh, it was was a joy. And the reason I wanted to have you on is you were talking about what you do and how you share the gospel. I wanted to talk about that because that would be, I think, a great encouragement to folks. But before we get there, we're at G3. This is a great conference. I always ask my guests when we're here at G3, what so far? What's the messages that really had the greatest impact on you? What have you enjoyed the most while you're here? Oh wow, the message. All of them's had an impact. I would say um, the Q and A had a large impact when they were talking about uh, our main purpose in worshiping is that we're to worship God and not look to other things and I think a lot of times in the church uh, we don't go in with an attitude 
of worshiping the true and the living God. And he's to be feared. He is an awesome God. I love my pastor uh, says that we shouldn't use the word awesome unless we're talking about God. And you look at the Psalms and they talk about the all of God. And that's A-W-E. And that's where we get awesome from. He is an awesome God. And this has been a great, great conference about an awesome God. And I think that's the highlight. If we're going to say we worship, Mm -hmm. the question is always, what is the object of worship? And I think that has come through very clearly in all the messages. Yes. That we have to have the object being Christ, being the right view of God. And when we have a right view of who God is... And we understand it well. We want to worship him. Yes. It's actually, uh, when I did a, um, a study on, the, a biblical study on worship, the thing I ended up realizing that many people have a misunderstanding of that word. They think it's about singing. Mm-hmm. They th- people talk about worship as if it's how, if it makes me feel good. Right. So far from the truth, worship is being in awe of someone who is worthy. Yes. Because it's worth Ship is where the word actually comes from. And so when we have a worth-ship, in other words, we see someone who has the, the object is worthy of all we worship. If we don't have a right view of God, we're not going to properly worship him. That is so true. And we also, when we look at his attributes, that causes, causes us to worship him and be in awe of him. And... At, we call a song leader a worship leader, but no, the pastor is the the chief elder or whoever's bringing the, the Word of God, the true and the living God. We're so blessed to have God's Word. I mean, in, in this country, we have access to the Word of God. I mean, in numerous forms, and on computer, on our phones, uh, through the the written word, and we don't take advantage of it a lot of times, especially the church. And it's just heartbreaking to see church members. And you talk to them, and they don't even open up the Word of God except on Sunday. And some, and their Bibles right around in the cars. That just breaks my heart. Well, I think that what you see is that some people get too distracted by the things of this world mm-hmm. and and don't have that eternal mindset that we teach at Striving for Eternity. They don't, they're not thinking about how everything has an internal impact. They're just thinking, let me get through this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just actually, at breakfast, someone came up and wanted to introduce themselves to us. And she recently, <clears throat> she recently found out she has cancer. And she came mm-hmm. over to us and just wanted really some encouragement of how, how do I live with the pain and be able to glorify God in this. And that's a, that's a thing where she actually was a great encouragement to us because she's sitting there and says, I just, I'm trying to have this eternal perspective, this eternal mindset. I just want to think about eternity because it just helps me not to think about the pain I'm in. And we're like, yes, that's exactly what mm-hmm. you do. Second Corinthians chapter five. The, this temporal body is going to go away, but yes. there's a time we're going to be sitting before Christ. And all of a sudden, we're not going to care about, oh, but my back hurt and this hurt and that hurt. We're not going to care about cancer and none of that because it's all going to be gone. We're just going to sit at the feet of Christ. Yes. And uh, that's the mindset I think we have to have to really be able to properly worship. I think that's what we're just coming through in the messages here. Yes. And, and I'm 65, and I'm getting at an age where I know I'm headed to towards the other side sooner than, than uh, back when I was in my 30s or, you know, even younger than that. And I wake up every morning. The first thing I do is I thank the Lord for another day. And that's part of worship is thanking Him and praising Him and giving Him glory. And and our main purpose as Christians is to give glory to God. And I'm starting to get arthritis a little bit, and that makes me want to lean on Him more. And I look at people that have physical ailments, 
And used to, I'd wonder, how can they worship God? You know, how can, how can that, just like the lady with cancer. But then as I'm getting older in my walk with Christ, I'm realizing that's what makes me lean on him more. Yeah. And he's such a great God to give us. Uh, I've got a blog, blog post that I started recently, and, and I wrote a, a blog about uh, being thankful. And I asked the question, are you thankful when you, when you face uh, trials and tribulations? Because James told us to be thankful and give, give thanks to the Lord. And those are w- one thing that draws us to the true and the living God. And one of the things that you end up seeing with that, as you're mentioning, I mean, you go First Corinthians, Second Corinthians five, mm-hmm. but uh, what one of the things? So, one of the things that you end up seeing is that we can look at that where our our bodies are going to be gone away with. Yes, that which is eternal is where we should be focused. That seems to be hard for folks, but one of the things that's interesting about that passage is says as as our bodies start to decay more and more. We have more of a view yes. of eternity. It gives us more of a desire to be with Christ. Yes. And so I think that's one of the things that we... Uh, so too many Christians are kind of stuck in this world, mm-hmm. right? In the temporal things of this world, they're not thinking about that which is eternal, which is the whole... I mean, that's really the heartbeat of striving for eternity, to get people thinking that way, mm-hmm. having that mindset of eternity. So that the things of this world... Don't hit the mic. The, <laughs> I'm Jewish. I speak with my hands. So... <laughs> So the thing that, you know, the, those things that you, you have that last, mm-hmm. because if your perspective is on that, you, you don't get bothered as much by the things of this world. Right. And that's one of the things I'm realizing as I get older. I look so forward to being in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. And I can worship Him forever. And, you know, the things of this world... They're, we're just passing through. We're we're pilgrims, yeah. and they don't matter, and they shouldn't matter to the Christian. We should be looking forward to being with our Lord and Savior. That's right. Now, so let's move. Let's transition here for a moment. Okay. And get into your truck driver by trade. Yes. And you have just an infectious way of being of talking to people. <laughs> um, I've been watching. You're you're like. As you're even going around here with other believers, you're just always you're always uh, just a very enjoyable person to speak to. You're very jolly, which has got to work well with you when you do your evangelism. And you have some interesting ways of doing that. So let's talk about evangelism. How okay. you as a truck driver go about doing your evangelism? Well, it's kind of you to say about me. I I give all the credit to the Lord. He gives us our personalities, and I was raised in a home where I was taught to speak to everyone, treat everyone the way I wanted to be treated. And uh, I have a heart for truck drivers, being a truck driver, and not just truck drivers, for everyone, because I think of how painful eternal damnation, how hell is going to be. And it's a, to me, it just... I break down in tears when I think someone spending eternal damnation in hell. And we have the opportunity to share the truth with people. And whether it's a truck driver or just anyone I meet, I carry tracks with me. I, if I'm not giving someone a track, I leave a track in a restroom. I put them in bills or... Uh, you know, I think of creative ways to, when I get leave a tip. And when I leave a tip, I don't leave a waitress a quarter. I leave them a very good tip. Because as Christians, if we want the world to, to take notice, we've got to share the blessings the Lord has given us. And they'll pick that track up and read it because they're like, wow, that guy... You know, he was really nice. And it's not me, it's Christ, but they don't realize that. Right. And I, I've found a, a ministry, Go There Forth Ministries, and they do uh, little testaments 
for truckers, and they do them for law enforcement and uh, medical profession, for armed forces, different different things. And they call them the truckers is the trucker's life reference manual. Law enforcement is law enforcement life reference manual. And it's a copy of the Psalms and the Hebrews. And I have purchased some of Todd Frill's books, uh, Are You a Rotten Fish, which is a, a really excellent little booklet. And I put it and one of Paul Washer's tracks, which uh, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, in inside of the, I put that inside of the Testament and the little booklet with the Testament. And I walk up to drivers when I see them. Uh, uh, I don't go around and try to wake any of them up and bother them while they're on the brakes. But if there's a driver out when I'm fueling, a lot of times I'll hit four or five drivers at the fuel aisles or when I'm uh, uh, out in the parking lot, if I see a driver inside, I'll, I'll carry them in. And I ask them, are you a Christian? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And I tell them, look, I've got you a little trucker's life reference manual. Most of the time, they will take it. And we'll, and a lot of the times, we get to have a discussion, and I can share the gospel with them. Uh, sometimes I don't. And when I don't, then I can pray, Lord, please, please let this guy uh, read this and uh, please, please convict his heart of his sin. You know, the thing is that you're, the way you go about it, the way that your, your whole attitude, I think, affects the way you're going to go about the evangelism. Because your mindset, as, and I hope people hear this, I hope that you who are listening hear in, in Grady's voice, the, the first and foremost, it's to please God. Mm-hmm. But it's also the compassion of realizing their eternal state without Christ. Yes. And I hope that, folks, you're hearing in his voice the compassion. And, and that's what we need to present to people. When we share the gospel, it's not just, hey, I got this five-point outline. Let me, uh, you're, you're, you're going, you broke God's law. Uh, you're guilty and going to hell. You can't save yourself. It's, people could tell if someone's doing something from rope. Mm-hmm. But they can also tell, as we're hearing in your voice, they could tell when someone is really caring about where they spend eternity. And that's mm-hmm. a big deal. It and is. not enough people are, are considering that. Not enough people, when they go out, they evangelize because, okay, well, I got to. Mm-hmm. Or, or some, unfortunately, they would like to evangelize because they like to show how much they know compared to someone else. Yes. Like someone else doesn't know as much. And I look, how, look how smart I am. And it's like, no, you actually want to be sharing the gospel because of the fact that you care where they spend eternity. Right. And, and the other reason I evangelize, every morning after I thank the Lord, for another day, I I cry out to him. I say, Lord, please use me for your glory. I want to be used for your glory because he pulled me out of the married clay. I was I was the biggest sinner. Paul said he was a chief, but I'm going to argue with him when well, I get to heaven. Yeah, yeah. You, can, and, you argue with him and I'll beat you both out. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but he... Pulled me out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And Psalm nineteen fourteen says, "Lord, may the words of my mouth may be pleasing unto you, and may the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you." And and that's what I want. I want to be pleasing to my Lord, my Master, my Savior. My, my king. And I think we as Christians, so many times we forget he's our king. We're children of a king. And what, what does a king's subjects do? What does his children do? They serve him. And it's a joy to serve him. It is. You know, it's it's just neat to see. I mean, this is the thing that I, I just found so interesting with you. Even when you came over by a table, you're you're just such an encouraging person to speak with. Your your mindset is just so clear. In where, you know, it, it was interesting the other night. Uh, a couple of us, Paul Washer, Justin Peters, myself, and a couple others, there were like five of us just sitting talking. And afterwards, you know, Justin asked me, he's like, "What do you think about you know Paul Washer that conversation?" And, 
And he says, I said to him, you know, it's, and this is the same thing I'm finding with you. It's that it's, it's so clear what the issue is. Like we were talking, we were going back and forth discussing social justice. And, and Paul just goes, man, like, he goes, I should be in the jungle somewhere. Because I don't understand these people, all the politics. Mm-hmm. He says, this is about Jesus Christ coming to earth, shedding his blood for us. Like, why do we worry about these other things? Like, just focus on the gospel. And that's what I hear with you as well. It's like all these distractions that we could have, they don't seem to distract you because you're, you seem to be fixated on the most important thing, God, and sharing his good news. And that is the most important thing. And Christ told us as a body of believers that we're to love one another, and by our love for one another, the world would know him and see him. And that's what breaks my heart about the social justice. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, the world should be seeing us as loving one another and and praising God and worshiping Him and and just living out His fullness in our life every day. I mean, He put us here, and just think, it must have been wonderful to be in the garden and and not have sin and that's the other joy i look forward to no more sin uh i hate it and it's and my and you know i'm not sitting here saying i'm perfect because i'm far from perfect and that's the thing that the world needs to know christians aren't perfect we're sinners and we still have to beg repentance from a true and living god that's right well listen we're gonna as we wrap up i can't i just, you know, here we are, we're at G3, we're at the Striving for Attorney booth that is also the Christian Podcast Community booth, and yet I'm seeing you wear a t-shirt, look at that, The Bar Podcast, <laughs> Biblical and Reformed. So for folks who don't know, this today is Bar Day at G3, yes. everyone takes out their, their Bar Podcast gear, so we've seen a lot of Bar Podcast and Just Thinking Podcast shirts, so you're, you're representing there, which I'm sure Dwayne appreciates, so... Uh, you, you listen to, to those guys over there? Yes, I listen. Dwayne and I have been friends for probably about a year, a little longer. And uh, uh, and then Daryl and Virgil, I love just thinking. And I love the podcast community because as a truck driver, I can listen uh, to shows that glorify God. And I can grow in my faith as I drive. And, uh, yes, I do have my personal devotions and, <laughs> and and spend time with the Lord. But that's one thing I'll say about truck driving. I can I can ride in that truck and listen to Christian broadcasting and great preaching, great podcast, and praise the Lord going down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well the, I mean don't you know we know Dwayne's not gonna listen to this because you know he doesn't listen to us. But He's actually good people, so don't tell him that, anyone. We don't want him to know that. But, uh, no, we love, we love the Bar Podcast. Just thinking there, those are great, great podcasts over there. So, Grady, thanks for coming. You're, you're, oh, you're Andrew, so encouraging. Andrew is such a joy. I just pray for all you guys, for your network, for Dwayne's network, sure. and, and the other Christian podcasts uh, that I listen to um, because our – our purpose in life is to glorify God. Amen. Well, thank you for coming on, Grady. You're more than welcome, Andrew. Thank you, brother. All right, so here we are again at G3. We're in the in the exhibit hall here. Uh, you might hear some people walking around and some of the, the, the chatter. We're at a pretty busy spot here, and we're at the Striving for Eternity uh, booth, which also has the Christian Podcast Community, and we're also sharing it with Justin Peters Ministries. So that's a great ministry to check out if you're involved with the NAR, New Apostolic Reformation, or Word of Faith. Check out justinpeters.org and get some good teachings to get out of that. Uh, You know people who are in that, get out. All right. But we have another great ministry being represented here, and that is Grace to You. And I have my friend Cameron Bertel, who is, you're going to... I, I'm hoping that I don't have to do too much uh, interpretation for you guys. He, he speaks with... No uh, problem. I have no accent. I, I think he has a, um, a different language he speaks. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he may sound British. Is that, that, that it? No. 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 <laughs> You're and, from and, and Australia. You, 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 you can't... Yeah. <laughs> You're pushing it, Andrew. <laughs> so, can, we, we go back quite a ways. I think the very first time you and I met was actually 
in studio at Wretched. I don't know if you even remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was. So back uh, when uh, Living Waters, when they had their deeper conference That's in Atlanta, right? right? That's yeah. right. It's yeah. Come back in the, yeah, so that would be oh, I 2008, even, I reckon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's making me feel older, but I, I will admit that we probably both looked y- well, younger back then. Well, yeah, I've done a few more laps around the sun since then. Yeah. <laughs> and every lap gets faster, Andrew. I've noticed that. Every and, lap gets faster. And being a tad bit older than you, <laughs> it, I can agree. <laughs> well, I will respect my elder as long as you don't call me a Brit. <laughs> I'm not a pom. No, They're no. poms. No, but... We but refer to the Brits as the poms. We, we I just want to educate your listeners that... The English people are poms. They are pommies. We'll have to. We'll have to. When we stands get Paul for, Taylor on here, for, we're going to find for, out. Stands for poor old me. Poor old me. So Hopefully, we're going to get. I'm not a pom. <laughs> and as long as you don't refer to me as a Brit or a pom, I'll respect my elder. All right. Well, we we do have a mutual friend, Fred Butler, who uh, who likes to th- every. I, I don't think he can ever talk about Australia without talking about what'll kill you there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In fact, I get a lot of questions about Australia, especially Australian wildlife, and I defer them all to Fred. Um, Fred is our resident expert on Australian wildlife and fauna. Um, he hasn't been there, but he assures me he's watched lots of television. So, uh, and you can trust I everything find, you I see find, on TV. I find that incredibly reassuring yes yeah you can always believe what's on tv so so yeah. let's talk about how you came to america mm-hmm. how i mean you're you're oh. in australia how'd you get here well yeah as in the prom- as- in the promised land yeah yeah well um you know simply uh, i wanted to go to john MacArthur's seminary john MacArthur is my hero and he still is and I wanted to go to his seminary. Now, there was other teachers I learned from, but what MacArthur had that was courage of conviction. I just, what I loved about John MacArthur is in every format, in every situation, whether he's talking to Larry King, whether he's preaching at Grace Church, whether he's at a conference, or whether he's talking to, you know, kids, he's always saying the same things. It's the same straight biblical answers he doesn't try to nuance things or be clever or assess his audience he's just a man preoccupied with biblical truth and he communicates that you see him talking to uh, even uh, the current governor of california gavin newsom a very ungodly man you find some old video of him talking to gavin newsom about homosexuality and it's pastoral 101 on how to deal with these worldly issues and and i've I just thought, if the theological bombs are dropping, I want to be in John MacArthur's trench. And so I wanted to go to his seminary, so I went to attend the Master's Seminary. Um, my wife is Danish, so we were actually living in Denmark at the time, but I'm originally uh, from Australia, and I was, it was actually through Wretched Radio that I started to get sound bites of John MacArthur, and then from there I... That was when I was really first discovering how to use the internet. I was very late in the game with using the internet. I didn't really understand it. But then when I discovered podcasting and being able to um, control the times when I listen to content and then access content, yeah, it was just great. I, I, I could then start to access whole sermons and, and start to learn. And that, that was terrific for me, certainly when I was in Australia. For example, for example, uh, it was incredible. I didn't know, I didn't know anyone who, um, who I, I thought it was straightforward that the Bible taught that women couldn't be pastors. I just thought that was just straightforward. It is. I actually didn't know anybody who agreed with me. I didn't know anyone. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm sinful, I'm fallen, and so you go, well, could it be that I'm right and everyone else is wrong? And, and my default is almost, that couldn't be. Could it? Because, you know, I do get stuff wrong. But it was just that alone, just to hear him talk about that and go, wow wow, someone who agrees with me, you know, like, this is fresh air. This is drinking from a fire hydrant. And, and so I've, I've always been um, just loved MacArthur, a man who loves the Word of God. His sermons are the overflow of his love and study of the Word of God. And to, um, to learn from him and to be able to just to access that um, online was great to me and now I get to work there when I started seminary they graced you asked me to work for them 
and uh, there was some issues with visas and so forth but eventually I was able to work for them I started part time and then full time and uh, yeah they're my people you know they are like minded people and sometimes they even ask me about homesickness and uh, you know working grace to you cured my homesickness you know I'm with my people uh, I feel right at home I don't know if everyone else would say the same about me. I hope so. But certainly for me, that's the case. <laughs> All right. So one of the questions I always like to ask guests while we're here at G3. So now you're not in the position where you probably got to go into too many of the sessions because you're working in the, as an exhibit booth. But have you made it to any of the sessions at all? I've caught bits of them. And generally what I do, this is my third G3, is I man the booth. I like to talk to the people. And then I... I um, download all the material and I go through it when I'm there. But I caught um, parts of Pastor John's sermon last night. Huge crowd. Huge crowd. Man, that was a huge turnout. That was really amazing. Uh, heard a little bit of the and I haven't caught a lot, though. Haven't okay. caught a lot. So now you're in a little bit different than people that may be just here attending. But so far, what's been the thing you've enjoyed the most of this G3? Yeah. That's pretty easy, actually, because, you know, the social media world, it can get pretty nasty out there. You know, if you want to... Facebook is great empirical proof of the doctrine of depravity. Uh, but, well, that, and that's among Christians, well, <laughs> let alone others. Professing believers, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. But um, to come here, people are so thankful for our ministry, and we just get so encouraged. So I always love, I'm thankful that they let me come because I love to come here because everyone comes and they just love our, um, they love our ministry and they just effusive in talking to us about that. So it's just great to meet everyone. Um, the first year we were here, there's one sticks out, there was a lady who, had, who was on like the 105th floor of the World Trade Center when the planes hit. And uh, she was an unbeliever and she'd come to Saving Faith after that, but uh, the, the, the thing that that shocking event um, precipitated other things where she came to Saving Faith and John MacArthur's ministry was instrumental in that but meeting her and hearing her talk about that and her thankfulness that was just really amazing and, and others as well and even some people we've helped find good churches and things like that so that's that's really uh, the fun part of this so this is a lot of fun for me yeah. so you, you get to now work for your hero <laughs> I do I Which, do so let's let's talk about Grace to You, the ministry of Grace to You. I, I'm I would maybe there's someone new who is not listened to the rap report before because I think most of the listeners of the rap report know who John MacArthur is, what Grace to You is, but maybe someone's new. So yeah. Let's talk about Grace to You, its mission, who John MacArthur is. Yeah, common misunderstanding and one that I even had when I came here is that Grace Church is not Grace to You. Right, so the, the, John MacArthur is the pastor of Grace Community Church. Everyone who works at Grace to you is a member of Grace Community Church, but that's the church. And then on the campus of the church is the Master's Seminary. That's where I, I studied. And that's another ministry again. John MacArthur, the president of, that, of the seminary, um, maybe the chancellor now. I'm not sure. I've graduated a while ago. Um, and then there's the Master's University in Santa Clarita where we live. And then there's also Grace to You, which is what we are and that's his um, his international ministry that we have the we control the vault of his sermons to be downloaded we have the website we have the books um, we have the online presence through social media and through our website our blog I write on the blog and so we have um, it's kind of like our global reach uh, from grace to you and uh, we have our supporters who help us, and we try to be very generous with that. And I, I say we uh, loosely. There's other people there. I work for a ministry that's exceedingly generous, and I, I'm a beneficiary of that, both in my work environment and, and being having the liberty to, to give stuff out and not being pressured to try and fundraise. Um, so it's it's a it's a remarkable experience. But yeah, we are we have the vault of the MacArthur sermons, and so now. There's over 70,000 sermons downloaded a day from Grace to You. So in 2008, when they were just selling the tapes and then selling the CDs of his sermons, they said, let's just make the vault open and freely available. And that was a, uh, with trepidation, they did that, I guess, because their bread and butter was the selling the tapes. tapes. 
CDs. And you know what? We still have 100 supporters who get cassettes. No way. Yes way. I was in a car car this week that still has a cassette player. I was like... (laughs) And, um, yeah, we... Andrew, you can on another podcast you can explain about cassettes, but there's, <laughs> there's I remember cassettes, and and um, so we we got people getting the cassettes, but but it, it, we made it freely available, and so people can buy CD series from us now, and some people still want to do that, but um, most of it is just freely available through the internet, and that's just exploded our reach around the world, and also then. Um, Made our just being distracted here, <laughs> but that's also made our our sermons have been downloaded. We get um, it's up to about two million a month now. It's downloaded and it's just expanded our reach and expanded our support. Yeah. So John MacArthur has been preaching for over fifty years now at one church. Well, yeah, and he had, he had uh, you know, a speaking ministry before then as well. But yes, as pastor of Grace Church, 50 years, yeah. the year I was born. Now, he's, he's approaching 80 years? Yes. Okay. And, and he is 80, I think, yeah. Yeah, so now you and I, I guess, were born around the same time. I was, I was still in diapers when he, was, when he came to Grace to you. Yeah, I was... Or, sorry, Grace Community Church. I was born months after. <clears throat> I, I was born days before Armstrong walked on the moon. So okay. July 69. And All right, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm April 68. Yeah. So, so sometimes I have delusions of grandeur and walk around the Grace Church campus and think all the 50-year celebrations could be about me. <laughs> so but then I get snapped back to reality. This you know, is it's thing a, that, it's I mean, amazing that 50 years in one pulpit doing the same thing. You know, the ministries have come and gone. We've seen the trends come and go. He's just kept doing the same thing. There's no secret sauce. There's no magic recipe. That's what he does. He's an expositor. You know, about 30 years ago, he was teaching. He, he took some time off, got some vacation time, came back and started. I think he was starting to preach through First Peter. And he talked about uh, the fact that after being there for, at that time, I think it was like 17 years, there was thought of, you know, should he move on? Should he go somewhere else? Mm. And he had shared that in a sermon that because as he was teaching, the thought was, okay, is there anything more that I have left to teach? I've talked to all these people, you know, mm. and he didn't go through all of the New Testament at that point, and and he was sharing with. No, the he con- was still some way off it at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took him. It took him what probably like I think forty five years to get through the New Testament, right? Uh, it took forty five years to get the commentaries completed, and I think it was about. And I I could be wrong, but I think um, yeah, about forty two years to actually preach through the entire New Testament. Okay. Yeah. And and I remember him back then saying he realized and he, he was going through First Peter and just said, this is telling us that we just keep repeating because we need the repetition. He said, I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not going to go because God hasn't said to, you know, it's there's enough here to keep teaching this congregation. Yeah, there's no biblical idea that, okay, well, now you've got to go somewhere else. You know, that's not any, that's, that's coming from the world, not that it's wrong to go and pastor somewhere else necessarily, but yeah, what, what, why? What, who's saying that you should? Why does that question even need to be raised? You know, um, the, the the Bible champions faithfulness. It calls you know the describe description of an elder is um, you know he's you see all those attributes in his job description. They all point to a, a, a man who is faithful and reliable. In what he does, and, and that's part of shepherding. I think is that knowing that he's there and he's with them, and he's not going anywhere. Because you, you don't want a shepherd. You know, if you're a sheep, you want the shepherd that's sticking around. Yeah, you don't want a harling. You want someone that's that cares about the sheep. Yeah, you know, in Australia, that there's a chain of hardware stores called Mitre Ten, and their slogan used to be years ago, "Where the man who owns the store runs the store." And and I like that idea, you know, because you know this guy's invested in it. Yeah, you know, like with the breakfast, you know, the pig's committed to the breakfast. You know, the chicken's not so committed to the breakfast, and he's only, you know, the chicken's just given the eggs, <laughs> pig's given himself. But also, you know, when there's when the hireling is a joy, he's just he's there on a wage. You know, this the, the the true shepherd, he's invested in the people. He's he's sticking around, and he's he's gonna be um, he can be counted upon to protect the sheep. Yeah, mm. so. With grace to you, 
I started out as a cassette ministry, uh, moved to DVDs, then moved to now where it's free on at gty.org. And yes. where people can get all the MP3s. I mean, thousands and thousands of sermons from John MacArthur. And it's free. Yeah, there's one very tragic story of a guy who was, who was carefully, carefully copying all the tapes and constructing the whole library physically, painstakingly, laboriously, <laughs> night after night, working on it. And the vault gets opened, like, just after he finished it. You, you had <laughs> so, to bring that up, didn't you? Oh, was it you, Andrew? Yes. Oh, it was oh, you, you didn't even know. I thought I you were doing that on no, purpose. I knew so glad that that poor sucker, and it was you. It was Andrew. I thought Andrew, you did that was, on purpose. It was, it was, no, but it was character building, I'm sure, Andrew. It was yeah, I spent, I spent about three years taking the... I had, at that time, about 1,500 sermons. And I had bit, took. I got a device that I could put into my computer and convert <laughs> the cassette you, to MP3. And the the so back then, maybe you don't may not know this part, but there was a, a guy who I used to go to church with that had spent all the years taking what MacArthur taught and transcribing them. And Phil Johnson, who is the the executive director, of Grace to you, contacted you know my friend and said, "Hey, can you um, can we get these transcripts because we're going to be putting everything out there." And he ended up telling me, because he knew what I was doing with, with all the, the editing, and he was like, hey, I think they're, they're going to put them all as MP3. And so I had called Phil Johnson, and literally, it was about three weeks after I finished editing the <laughs> last of the tapes that I had. And my tapes, what I used to do is I used to, back in the olden days, they, they had a Grace, you had a cassette tape lending library, so they'd, yes, they'd lend did. it to me, and they'd let me reproduce it. I could make a copy as long as it was for myself, and I would get a dozen copies in. Mm. I had two lending libraries going where you get a dozen tapes in, and I'd be, record, I'd be copying one, and then I'd, I'd ship that off and get the next one in. So I was, always, I was always copying. So I had like about a little bit over 1,500 messages. Your house was a hive and of activity. It, it, yeah, it was. It was. And, and I then converted them all to MP3, did all the editing where it says, turn the tape over at this point, and then there's a silence. Yeah. Edited all that, and three weeks after I was done, I called Phil, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be releasing it in like another couple of days. All of the MP3s have been redone, and they're out there. <laughs> they're going to be out there for free. And I went, oh. Really? Couldn't you tell me that three years ago? <laughs> no, I thought you knew that was me, and that's no, why you're you bringing tell that me. I, 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 but you know, it was that long ago. I think you told my wife that, and I, I remember that now. But it was years ago, and I'd forgotten it was you. But I was always—it was more the story that that stuck with me. That was like, man, what a thing to do. Yeah, I had my my son was my son was being I was homeschooled during those. So his job during homeschool was every time that he got a break in school, he had to go flip a tape. <laughs> And I'd come home at night, and I'd just be editing, editing, editing. But, uh, but I mean, that is the impact. I mean, that's the dedication a lot of people have with the ministry of grace to you because his teaching has been so impactful on so many people oh. and for generations now. Mm. Um, what are some of the stories you've heard from grace to you, the letters you get in about how the ministry has impacted people? Well, just, I mean... One amazing thing is a lot of people in charismatic churches, God's drawing them, I guess, and they come and they want meat. They want biblical meat. They want um, proper interpretation, you know, because I, I have a charismatic background myself and, and I realize that the big, the big stock and trade of the charismatic preacher, we talk about the idea of continuation with them, but really a big problem is... Um, that they preach um, narrative as prescriptive rather than descriptive. So a narrative passage is describing something that happened, but they would actually take a passage and say, well, you've got to march around, you know, the White House seven times and blow your trumpets or something. And, and all this sort of stuff. And so it sounds biblical, but it's not. And so some of these yep. people actually want the text rightly handled. And he does that. And so many people, even at seminary, so many had that background. So a lot of people just the lights turning on hearing him I think also um, there's people who stumble upon it for one reason or another just in the car and the radio you know some people who are working in Christian radio now who were in a really bad space and they stumbled onto the Grace to You radio show you know I'm not a radio listener I'm a podcast guy I love to download and control it so I can listen when I'm in the car but still 
um, radio. We're on about a th- almost a thousand stations, I think, in the major markets, and and for so many people still, that's um, that's key. That and for many radio stations, they tell us that Grace Two is their flagship show. <laughs> And so the influence there, the, the stories that just come back, the influence, the, pe- the lives changed, people in prison, people in prison even, coming, you know, um, starting to study the word Bible studies in prison and, and using MacArthur Study Bible or MacArthur commentaries. Now, that's another big thing, you know, that's happened while I've been working there is that the commentary set was completed. Yeah. And that's an amazing thing. You've got to just stop and, and, and think about that for a moment. Who has written a commentary series on the entire New Testament. I think Calvin did a series on most of the Bible except for, I think, um, Revelation and another book. And that's a monumental achievement. Calvin did because he only lived to be about 56. But but other than that, I can't think of anyone who's done commentary like all the way through. This is a monumental achievement. And the same hermeneutic applied all the way through and you know what? Accessible for the for the lay preacher and, 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 and the regular person to help understand it. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And, and not that expensive to buy the whole set when they do specials and things like that. So that's just a real treasure we have in our possession. possession. Yeah. And it's just a, an incredible thing to, to, to make his way through the entire New Testament, verse by verse, verse after verse, learning in context. And also doing that, protecting both himself and the listener it protects the listener i guess from thinking that a sermon is about them oh he's just saying that to me this week no this is just the next section he was up to and protects the preacher from shortchanging his congregation by picking and choosing the bits he doesn't want to preach because we know there are certain area 51 sections of the bible that some people don't want to touch yeah. they, don't, they don't want to go there that's too hard the truth is too uncomfortable inconvenient and MacArthur goes, no, I have to just find a way through it. Yeah, it's funny. I, when I was when I was pastoring a church, we had a uh, a woman who got upset. She wasn't a, she was not a believer. Her husband was, and she she wanted to leave the church. I didn't know until a couple of years later. She had told one of the ladies in the church the reason that they they left was because I was preaching about her every week mm. that I was sharing her sin with the whole congregation. I'm like, what in the world is she talking about? I actually had to go back and figure out what was I preaching when she left, and I realized. I'm just I'm preaching through, and Matthew 18 is what, what I hit. So it's all talking about pride and humility. Yeah. And so she was feeling conviction as I'm talking about the pride, and I didn't have her in mind at all, but she must have been feeling that as I'm just verse by verse just going through. And that way I'm not pointing out anyone. You know, the Truth Matters Conference, which was put on by um, Grace to You, they had, which was just beautiful to see, radio station after radio station after radio station giving thanks for the 50 years of John MacArthur. Mm. Some of them that were saying that, you know, he was, he came on at the, when they just started the station, he was one of the early, you know, the early uh, people to, to have on and just how he's been consistent. They've, how they, they talk about different radio shows that kind of would go by the wayside, but MacArthur never did. 50 years, and that's why I thought it was so good to say, 50 years of faithfulness. Yeah, and you know there is a, there is a, a bit of a downside to to this, and that is that what John MacArthur does. Well, this isn't the downside. What John MacArthur does is very simple. He's not doing some something really complex. He is preaching. He's doing the hard work. He's doing a lot of heavy lifting, but he's preaching through the Bible verse by verse, reading the text and explaining it. And, and just like, why don't more people do that? You know, that th- this is where it's at, and God honors that persistence and faithfulness in doing that so this is what there should be more of it so it, 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 there is there is a sad commentary in this i think on the state of preaching around the world and around america that people gravitate so much to this it is outstanding preaching but we should have more of it and more people should be in churches where they get this as a steady diet and i only say that to suggest to anyone listening that be at a church where they do that and if you're a pastor uh, do that don't don't look for some secret formula, some special strategy. Just be faithful and move your way through Scripture. You mentioned Matthew 18 before. I think that that passage on church discipline, Matthew 18, 15 to 20, that's a, that's a great example of, in my mind, of John MacArthur's heroism in that early on in his ministry he came to Matthew, Matthew 18. And it says we've got to 
the steps of church discipline. Confront an individual in sin, uh, uh, call him to repentance. If he doesn't, then bring a witness. If he doesn't, then report it to the church. And if he, if he doesn't respond, then um, send him out. And no one did this. No, they actually said that if he did it, he'd lose the church. They would, yeah, yeah. That, so he had, so he had, he couldn't find any other churches that were doing it. And then within his own church, his elders didn't want to support him in it either. And this is the man. And it's not like this was like he was in trepidation. It was just very straightforward to him. As he tells it was, this is what we got to do. And so um, he stuck at it, and they did it. And the church has grown, and now many churches practice biblical church discipline. And it has actually strengthened the church. And many churches have practiced expositional preaching thanks to him. And it has also strengthened the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's more people doing it. There's a seminary training men to do that. And so it's, it's a growing thing. You know, we can look at the world and see things, you know, lament certain things getting worse. But some things are getting better. And I, I think there's a lot more expositors now than there probably was, you know, when John MacArthur was early in his ministry in the 70s. I know when he describes it that way. You know, he, he couldn't find another church that practiced church discipline. So that was a very difficult thing for him. Because he, he, I know for myself, um, having we, we planted a church in Denmark, and I know we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. We wanted to benchmark off other people who were doing it well. So we were just looking at people and trying to replicate, um, you know, church ecclesiology, uh, things like that, to, to, to do things right, to honor God. But with that, you know, he didn't. He had to. They had to plow away through that and just be faithful to the word of God, and and God has honoured that. Yeah, I think history shows that. Yeah, I mean that, that was that. You're right because church discipline was a major cutting point for him. So as we wrap up, you work for Grace to You, which is you know we got these a big booth this year, more than I've seen in the past. Mega booth. Yeah, I mean I I, I know that. I know John is not going to be listening, so I'm pretty safe with this. But I did show this to Phil. the The first day you guys were out here, you had these. You have these two big, I, I don't banners. I mean, huge mm-hmm. s- square banners that are probably about ten feet in the air, and uh, they both have. They had a picture of MacArthur on it with some scripture verses on each side. Each of the four sides have different things, mm. and so there's two on one side of each has a picture of MacArthur. Now, the first night, they both pictures of MacArthur were facing one way. You have this big thing over the over the top that says "Grace to you" and "Hymns of Grace" and all this. That's a mm. circle. I, I had snapped a picture and I, I did show it to Phil. Maybe that's why this got changed. But I, it looked like there was the twin towers of MacArthur with a halo on top. You know, <laughs> I noticed that I came in in the morning and John John was turned around, so there was only one picture of him on each side. <laughs> Are you saying that's what we were aiming for, Andrew? I don't know if that's what we were no. aiming for, but it looked like the twin towers of MacArthur with an, with a halo. That's just definitely, what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, definitely not what we're aiming for, and not something that he would want. That's no, he would not. I said he would. He'd probably shoot me if I were. Yeah, that's the last thing he wants. You know, he certainly doesn't like anyone making a big deal out of himself. But that's the thing I that love is amazing about. It. Yeah, that's the thing that's amazing is he doesn't. You know, he's he's so uh, well loved and respected, and he it doesn't go to his head. He's he's. I mean, you go to Grace Community Church second hour, and he's standing up there shaking everyone's hands to just hear. Yeah. You know, they they can come up and show their appreciation, and that's just so encouraging that he's not that standoffish. That he he's not there to he's there to be a shepherd. Yeah, he, I mean it's a it's a balancing act for him. He has a lot of demands on him, and so he has people telling him he has to go places. You know, so but but what something that a lot of people don't know about John MacArthur is he is a lion in the pulpit that you know, but he is a he is an exceedingly gracious man in person. Um, he loves everybody. He is super kind and. He is just a he is a tender man in person, and and, and I've met a lot of people who are the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, they are they are um, they are lions in person and tender <laughs> in the pulpit, and and that's the wrong way to be. Yeah, and so because he's committed to the truth, it's not about him. It's about it's about biblical truth. It's about being faithful to that, and so he's fearless with that because. That's what he's been called to preach. That's what he's compelled by. Yeah. I and mean, we were saying he's, he's, he's approaching 80 years old or at 80 years old. 
And the thing that I always recognize with that is people say, man, the energy. He's, he's still got clarity of mind at his age. He's got a lot of energy. But you already brought up, when we think about it, he, he was president of Master's Seminary, president of, of um, Master's University, pastor of Grace Community Church, uh, obviously the head of Grace to you. You know, I think he, he was involved in so much. He's scaling some of that back. But one thing he's not scaling back is what he does at the pulpit. That's been the center. Um, anything that you want to share with folks, how can they get in touch with Grace to You? How can they start getting the resources that you guys provide, getting on the mailing list, starting to help to support Grace to You? Yeah, well, um, I would say also just on that, his, his clarity, if you just watch the interview, which wasn't that long ago with Ben Shapiro, you see that he's... Um, I, I've heard John MacArthur say a number of times that he's a disciple of the Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul is his mentor, rather. And and I thought, yeah, that's that's interesting. But when I watched that interview with Ben Shapiro talking to a Jew, I really saw it. I really saw and heard a disciple of Paul in that discussion. He was incredibly sharp, pastoral, and um, on point. It was an it was an amazing interview and and very perceptive in how to talk to a Jew. So just to say that his faculties were right in the zone. Well, what you saw there, this is the amazing thing. He, he, he was not speaking to Ben Shapiro's audience. He no. was speaking to Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. That was the amazing thing. So how, can, how can folks get in touch yes. with Grace to You? Yes, yeah, so you can, um, you can go to our website, gty.org. You can go to our website and um, you, can, you can look around. We have our online store there and you can freely download sermons click on the sermons and download things and you can ask you can, our phone number is there you can call ask questions and if you want to support you can call and and um, they'll help set that up um, you can get on our mailing list uh, through that and then we will send you lots of free stuff lots lots of free stuff <laughs> lots of free stuff I've benefited from that for many years what's the most generous thing they've ever sent you in the mail Andrew without charge yes the, the most generous was a MacArthur study bible and I've actually received two of them. I got the New King James uh, when that first came out. And then I got the 20th or 25th anniversary edition. That was, And both of them were free of charge. Now, that's a big deal. Yeah. Not just to the, the, but also the shipping yeah. to the, to, from the left coast to the east coast. And, and, wait, also the biblical doctrine book. That's That was a pretty expensive oh, book, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, these are big, hefty books. Those are hefty books. And, and and so, yeah, just to say again, incredible. I work for an incredibly generous ministry, and the more we give, people want to support us. Yep. I think also, Phil Johnson once said, every controversy has been good for us. When other people shy away from what they consider polarizing issues, we've tried to be very clear and sharp on our convictions, and, and it's been good for us. Yeah. God has honored that, and that's tremendously encouraging. So I'm, I'm very privileged to work for that. And and if you want to get on that mailing list, yeah, you will you'll be the beneficiary of that. And and if and um, we know that people are so thankful for that that they are supporting us generously, and, and and we want to be good stewards of that. We we feel the weight of that responsibility. Also, if you're in California, you're free to come and visit the ministry. In Valencia, get a, get a tour. Get a tour. I've given yeah. you a tour. Did I give you a tour, Andrew? Uh, well, you were no. part. You were part of the tour. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I had one tour with just Fred Butler and I. Uh-huh. The building was empty. There was, I think, the only, Jay was the only other person that was in the building that we saw. That would have been like a night at the museum, was yeah. it? With Fred, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. well, with Fred, it might be more of a nightmare of the museum. But yeah, um, <laughs> Fred showed you around. Yeah, but no, it's it's um, we we give people tours and and get to see the studio where he records because uh, Grace G, that's where that's, John a, that's a cool studio. You a know, little, we, a we little s- bit better than what we have here at G3, yeah. right? What, yeah, what you get on radio is, you know, basically a MacArthur sermon sliced in two with an intro and an outro. And they record the intros and the outros at Grace to You and Phil and John in the studio together. And so we get some, you know, just some great rapport between those guys who have a long history together. But that's, and so you don't have to hear them on the radio. You can, you can download the broadcast. Yep. And so for anywhere in the world, if you've got the internet. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so. so, folks, check out Grace to You at gty.org. This has been Cameron Battelle, who's been a personal friend of mine. I've been to his house. He's, he's introduced me to the Australian chocolates, which were amazing, and now I don't want American chocolate. But <laughs> yeah, Cadbury here is a fake. It's made by Hershey's. It's no good. You've got to get it from England or Australia. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you were on with me. Uh, I 
always been a supporter of Grace to You, and I've I've loved as, as far as our personal relationship. I love the fact that you know just the the relationship we have as as friends and be able to always see you every time we're here or in, I'm in California and uh, being able to spend time with you. Yeah, we do. We bump into each other over here and over there. <laughs> uh, so it's great to see you. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, thank you for supporting us. Oh, it's just You're such a blessing to us as well. Well, thank you. Praise God. Thank you for your ministry, Andrew. This podcast is part of the Striving for Eternity ministry. For more content or to request a speaker or seminar to your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.